Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD is an umbrella term used to describe progressive lung diseases. Today, our guest is Janice McKinn of North Carolina. She used cannabis in her treatment and is here to tell us all about it. Janice, good to talk to you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me and having me. That's very special to me. (laughs) Janice, when you were first diagnosed with COPD, tell us about that. When I was first diagnosed... um, All I really got from the doctors was messages of death. Quit smoking or die. Quit smoking or die. And you know how addiction is. (laughs) It sinks its teeth into us. And I didn't hear that message, and I kept progressing in my disease to the point that it was was self-fulfilled prophecy. I started dying. I never received hope. Did you uh, continue smoking? Yes, sir, I did. What kind of symptoms were you experiencing when you first went to the doctor, Janice? Well, um, it actually comes from childhood. I've always had um, childhood asthma. I've always had asthma. I was raised by chain smokers, and I started smoking, you know, probably around the age of five or six. It was one of my earliest memories. Wow. You were a, f- yeah. a f- yeah. young bloomer. Boy, you beat me. I thought I was early. I started at the age of 11. But uh, you weren't even in school yet when you started smoking. No. No, sir. Um, it was a joke. I was given to them by my family. They thought it was cute to watch a little kid smoke cigarettes. Wow. <laughs> so, um, how, many years, yeah. how many years did you smoke? Um, as a hardcore smoker, I would say since the age of 14, and I'm 45, so yeah, it's 31 years, roughly. Yeah, yeah, about 30 years because I've been off of them for over a year now. So you go to the doctors, and the doctors just tell you to quit smoking or die. What? Uh, what? Yes. Did, what did you do? Just kept smoking. I didn't believe them. I just, you know, addiction had a hold of me, and I guess I didn't believe them till I had a near death experience. And that's when I quit smoking, and that was October 13th, or October 30th of 2014, or 2015. Tell us about that, if you don't mind. Uh, Started experiencing symptoms of respiratory distress, and it comes about so fast on me that I don't have time to even walk to the car. You know, I become unable to, I become so short of breath, it feels like drowning to me. It's like... You just, that's how it feels. It's like drowning. You're, you're just, you can't breathe and you're dying. Mm. And you can't stop it. And I have had near drowning experiences, and I think that's why I liken it to that. Right. So you had this, this near-death experience, and what happened next? Um, my daughter, who is my, you know, who was my caretaker, called 911. The ambulance came, 
and for the first time ever, they were doing emergency medicine on me in the ambulance. They were giving me shots of this and shots of that, and they ran the red lights. I live about 20 minutes from the closest hospital. They ran the red lights the whole time, calling in orders to the emergency room. And all I could think, because I really couldn't breathe, I really couldn't, it was gone. And none of their medicines, you know, were working, and all I could do was just cry out, not now, not now, not now. (laughs) You know, in my mind, I didn't even have the voice or the words to do it. It's a very desperate feeling when you can feel yourself leaving, so to speak. I don't know how else to describe it. You know, I did not cross over, none of that, you know, no magic there. But pretty it's scary. Just overwhelming feeling. Yes, and it, and it made me lay down the cigarettes forever, and I've never looked back. You were just slipping away slowly. Yes, and it was um, like self-fulfilled prophecy, if you will. I mean, um, I looked into, you know, I was told when I found my way to the pulmonologist, local pulmonologist, um, I was told that um, I had about a year before I would have to have a lung transplant or I would die. Were you on any medications during this period? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They've had me on every medication you can think of. Uh, I was on prednisone. I was on prednisone for probably four to five years every day. Wow. Um, all the inhalers you can think of, Combivent. Uh, well, I'm looking at a list that you sent me, and it looks like you were on just about a dozen medications, yes. inc- including oxycodone and Seroquel and metformin and Symbicort and Clozapam and on and on. On and on and on. Um, they just, you know, every time I would go to the doctor and say I'm getting worse, they'd throw a new medicine at me. And, and it was in addition to the medicines I was already on, you know. Mm-hmm. I was doing Symbicort, Combivent, Incruz. You name it, if it was a breathing medicine, I have been on it. I was at a nebulizer treatment uh, prescribed every four hours. That's a lot of nebulizer treatments. That's a lot of breathing treatments. Yes. Well, um, tell me, uh, Janice, what was the quality of life like for you? Um, I was laying in the bed, hooked to oxygen, waiting to die. That was my quality of life. I took care of business that I could take care of over the phone, and my daughter was taking care of everything else. Wow. At 40 years of age. Yes, ma'am. It's been a a hard battle for me and my children. It's been a very hard battle, and we have faced a lot of difficulties together. And, you know, something just kept telling me, kid, it's not your time. Kid, you got to finish your family. When you were in bed under all these medications, were you thinking uh, that maybe a lung transplant would save you? Um, It was not an option for me. Um, There's only one, you know, when I did the research, because immediately that's what I did, and when I did the research, um, it, it would require, there's one hospital in the state that does it. We're blessed in North Carolina because it's one of the best in the country in lung transplants. However, the distance was a problem, and, you know, basically I would have had to have moved to the other end of the state, and I couldn't do that to my children. So a lung transplant, when I started looking at all the criteria that had to be met, just became not an option. It just wasn't feasible for me to do that. 
So you're laying in bed. You're very disabled. Your quality of life is, quite frankly, it sounds like it was terrible. What uh, horrible, horrible. What did you do next? The next thing I did was start researching, and um, through my research, I found a man by the name of Jeff Copd Waters. At first, I was familiar with cannabis oil. I was familiar with Corey Yellen's work. I had found her through my research um, on, you know, she's everywhere. So I found her quite easily. I reached out to her. She talked to me. She accepted me. And because of her love and her compassion and her taking time out of her busy schedule to answer silly old me's questions meant the world to me. Through her, through following her, I picked up with other activists. Um, it, it was quite a long journey to find Jeff COPD Waters, but I found him. And when I found him, he was more than willing to take my friend request on Facebook, not knowing me. He took that friend request. He showed me his life through Facebook. And when he did that, I was like, wait a minute, there's something to this man. You know, he's for real. And so then I joined his Facebook group. Just what I uncovered blew my mind. Um, I was told this was irreversible damage, that you cannot recover, you cannot get better, there is no way. The only way is a lung transplant. When I got to that group, that's not what I found at all. What I found was people healing themselves, you know, and everybody was at their own pace and everybody was, you know, and I think that was all dependent on the stages of progression of the disease and age. All I can say is I am so grateful that Jeff Waters has stuck his neck out there and, you know, he's reaching us. Denise, for the benefit of uh, listeners that don't know, let's, um, you know, just say what Jeff Waters is about. Jeff Waters is a gentleman that's pretty well known in the cannabis community for literally coming off of his deathbed with COPD and is now today a healthy uh, man due to cannabis oil. Who then went very yes, public? Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I've been following him for a while now. He, I started following him in Oklahoma, and I'm still following him in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Janice, when you first started taking cannabis oil, what and prior to taking cannabis oil, what were your thoughts about marijuana? Um, I've always believed in recreational use, and I did not understand why the government would ban it. But I was brainwashed by society, and I wanted to follow the straight and narrow path, and that meant jobs, and that meant the normal nine-to-five, and that meant drug testing. So that meant that I stayed clean, and I enjoyed something that I uh, give up something that I loved, you know, to stay in the world of the working. Was it difficult for you to obtain marijuana, cannabis oil? No, sir. Asheville is quite famous for that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Asheville is a lovely, wonderful community. It's a melting pot of cultures and beliefs, and we all get along here. Um, I'm thankful that I live in an area that is so full of our plant. Do you remember the first time you took cannabis oil? I sure do. (laughs) I didn't know what to expect. I was pretty nervous. Um, I was a recreational user. You know, I wasn't an amateur. And um, 
it was fine. You know, it, it was adjusted fine. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing. Instead of putting me in the bed, it gave me energy. Um, instead of making me overeat, it made me lose weight. Um, I was shocked. It was not what I expected it to be at all. I thought it would be terrifying, but it wasn't. And I immediately, I think part, you know, I was following um, Jeff Waters' protocol, which is a very small amount. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, a, a drop under the tongue, basically. In a few days, I, I could tell the difference. And I mean, you know, I immediately could tell differences, but in a few days, I was starting to breathe better and I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. You know, I was taking walks. I could get to the car. You just have no idea. It was a miracle. How much were you it taking? It was a miracle. And Janice, how much were you taking at that point? Maybe the size of a grain of rice. Mm. You know, and that's still what I'm on. That's where I've stayed. Interesting. Twice okay. A day. Okay. Yeah, and I just keep getting better and better. You know, I've thought about increasing the amounts, but, and I, you know, I'm we're all pioneers in this field. Yes. We're learning from each other. You know, that's why we've all got to be willing to tell our stories to get this magic plant legalized. Do you take it once a day or a number of times a day? Um, I take it twice a day. Some days, if I'm feeling really bad, I might take it three times a day. But I've never went more than three times a day, a drop. So after a few days of taking it for the first time... You noticed a change in your symptoms and your COPD, and you started to feel better. And as the days went on, did some of your symptoms even disappear? Yes, slowly. um, All kinds of symptoms started disappearing. It wasn't just, I think I sent you all a list of my diagnoses. Yeah. Um, It it, it wasn't just my COPD that was being healed. Right. Um, Janice, why don't you... um Mention to the listeners some of your other issues that you had happening as well. I suffer from several types of arthritis, rheumatoid, cerratic, and osteo. And um, it was easing the pain. Um, it was, I don't know if it's an effect on the you know autoimmune system. I'm not a doctor. I don't know why it works. I don't know how it works, but it does. It's not perfect. I still struggle because of the damage the you know arthritis has done permanently to joints, yes. which you know, who knows? I was diabetic. Um, no, I was on steroids to treat the rheumatoid arthritis and the COPD, which gave me diabetes. Right. And the diabetes started going away, and I did have symptoms of diabetes, and those all disappeared. And I also have some mental diagnoses, um, bipolar, complicated PTSD, and borderline personality disorder. Those symptoms started going away, too. It's just really hard to explain um, how it works. I really don't understand it. It it just does. You know, looking at a list of your, your symptoms and a list of your prescribed medications, you've got more medications than you do symptoms. I mean, it was just unbelievable the number of medications you were on. Well, it goes back to the early days. You know, yeah. I started out before I got COPD. I was diagnosed with the arthritis, and they treated me with drugs such as Remicade and Enbrel and Humira, all depending on which one my insurance would pay for. And those are quite expensive drugs, drugs right. you cannot afford if, if you're paying out of your pocket or even co-pays on those drugs. 
and those drugs do other damages and they cause um you know heartburn so then you've got to take a heartburn pill yeah. and it ruins your stomach and you stuff i've stuff i've got damaged liver i you know i scar tissue in my liver cirrhosis of the liver i mean there were so many side effects that you know i even blamed those drugs for part of my breathing issues and the acceleration of copd because as you know i was diagnosed at a very young age which is kind of you know not normal mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and there there was signs of scarring in my lungs i was on methotrexate which is a drug used in chemotherapy yeah. i don't know yeah. if you know, Corey, I'm sure you know what that is. Oh, yes. And oh. I kind of, I kind of, when I started believing in my head, wait, because all these symptoms are, all the side effects from these drugs, the Humira and the Embril and the, the Remicade, all the side effects from these drugs were happening to me. But they were saying, no, it's from the cigarettes. It's from the smoking. And I just didn't trust it. And I personally quit taking those drugs. And just quit going to the rheumatologist. And when I did that, that's when they gave me the prednisone, which did stop the symptoms of arthritis. But it wasn't stopping the symptoms for the breathing issues. I don't believe the dosage was high enough for that. Mm. And I got that from another, you know, you know, it's just an endless cycle of doctors and specialists and medicines. And they try everything on you. And they don't care about side effects. Um, yeah, pregnisone has some very nasty side effects. It's an ugly drug, in my humble opinion. I had no idea. I thought that I would never come off of that, and I didn't want to because it made me feel so good. But I come off of it. My doctor insisted because my doctor, well, I can't go that far. My doctor insisted I come off the prednisone. He refused to write the prescription. Good for and you. when he did that, I had no choice because it's all a money racket, in my opinion. How many drugs are um, you on today, Janice? Today, um, I um, I had a drop of cannabis oil <laughs> this morning. That's it. <laughs> so you, you've eliminated all that long list of drugs. You don't take them anymore, and you just take cannabis oil, and you're well on the road to recovery. I right? am well on the road to recovery. I am, and I am so thankful. I am so thankful to all the activists who are out there working hard, spreading the word, because the message is getting out. And it's people like Corey Yellen and Jeff Waters and Robin Swan and Dr. Marmalade and all these people who are putting their work out there, all of these activists. We're hearing you. You know, keep going. We love you guys. We are thankful for you guys. And we want to join your efforts. We want to talk. We're tired of worrying about jail. We're tired of getting in trouble for possession. We're, you know, we're tired of those things for a plant. It's really silly. You know, I mean, we're in a country where we're supposed to be free. Yeah. And part of my courage, you know, I've hid. And I felt guilty for hiding. I felt guilty for holding these secrets that I knew to be true from people who are suffering. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not right. And that's not, you know, Corey doesn't help everybody so that nobody, you know, does anything back. (laughs) You know, it just just doesn't work like that. And all these people spend so much of their time and their energy and their efforts and their money to help people like me. 
it's just time to end the suffering. It's time to end the human suffering. We need the option. Let us have the option. We're free people. Look at Standing Rock. Look at the movement out there. That inspired me. That inspired me to not be afraid no more. Janice? Because especially... Go ahead. Yes, sir. I'm I'm sorry. That's okay. I just wanted to ask you, your pulmonologist said you were in dire straits, and uh, you're from the time he talked to you or she talked to you, you would need a lung transplant. Have you been back to that uh, pulmonologist? Can I be completely honest with you on this subject? Absolutely. I started with one pulmonologist that was in a local practice that was associated with our main hospital system in this area, which would be Mission Healthcare. That office, not my doctor, I love my doctor there. He was a wonderful man. He was a caring man. He had a different perspective that I understood. However, you know, doctors don't have much say anymore. They're bound because it's illegal. They are bound to not tell us about that. I ended up kicked out of that practice over $240 that I owed them. I did not have the money to pay. And lo and behold... Lo and behold, they kicked me out of that practice and refused to see me. And I moved to another healthcare system in our area, Parkridge Health, and it's a much smaller system. It's growing very fast, but it's much smaller than the other one here. And they're they're not as interested in money. Um, they're more interested in care. And they're interested in healing the whole body, not just um, symptoms. They're interested in the the brain. They're interested in the... You know, they're, they're interested in the mind, the body, and the soul. They're interested in all of that, and they care about you. So I went to them. I had no choice. And that pulmonologist, um, I didn't like him at first. You know, he kind of put his foot down with me, and he said, you know, I'm not giving you this, and I'm not giving you that. And he put his foot down. And when he put his foot down on me, then, you know, there was no other pulmonologist to turn to. You know, I did what he told me, and... I was already on, you know, I got on the CO, the cannabis oil. Um, I had no plans of returning to that doctor ever. And that's when I finally decided I'm doing this. I'm getting on the CO. It was kind of my, my, uh, you know, you know what? Forget you guys. I want what I want. And that was prednisone. (laughs) I hate to say it. You know, I was a prednisone addict. That was my prescription drug addiction. I said, well, I'm never going back to him. I'm going to find another way. Well, you know what? I did find another way. I found Jeff Waters, and his way works. I was able to come off the prednisone. I was able to come off all that stuff. So, you know, I'm just thankful for all the work that's being done out there to spread this word and get this message out. And I'm going to do my best to spread the word and get the message out. Janice, if at your lowest point on a scale of 1 to 10, you were a 1, where would you be on that scale today with the way you feel? Um, 10 being the best right. and 1 being the worst. Today, um, even with a lack of sleep, um, I am at about an 8. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. When I you know, come from my deathbed, it is fantastic. It really, really is. You, you know, we we need choices. You know, this is America. We need choices. If... We want to go the natural way, then free all the magic plants and let us go that natural path. Um, If we 
want to go the pharmaceutical way, then go the pharmaceutical way. It should be a matter of personal choice because that's what it's all about, right? Your lung function in a test that you had in February of this year was 33%. Uh, Is it a lot better today? Um, they will due to the insurance requirements um it'll probably be a while i think it's every two years that they can perform those tests or once a year at mm-hmm. the most you know their hands are tied by insurance companies as well mm-hmm. unless it's emergency care so you just kind of have to go with it how long have you been yeah. on oil <laughs> believe it or not just since july wow 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 yeah, it's that quick that's amazing it's that quick it is amazing. Um, me and my daughter was talking about it today. It's roll back the clock. I am, you know, I'm back to the point. I'm not a hundred percent, but it rolled back the point where, um, to the point where in 2007, when I went to the hospital for the first time, and that was, you know, due to a flu, I just went through a big trial. I can, I can tell you these things. This is my proof, and I do have medical evidence to back this. My proof of the of what it's doing is before cannabis oil, my um, oxygen levels would run 86, 87 without oxygen. And with oxygen, you know, I would be lucky if I could push a 90. Today, my room air oxygen levels run higher. They run around 95, and I've even seen it at 96. And to be able to hold that kind of progress when you're talking about lung function is amazing. It is amazing, considering you've only been on it since July of this year. That's exactly. Quite... That's. I'm hoping for a hundred percent comeback, and I feel it coming. You were on your, I guess, safe to say, you were on your deathbed until cannabis oil. Yes, sir. I was on my deathbed. Wow. And next year you'll be running in uh, the North Carolina Marathon. How did you know my goals? <laughs> <laughs> Just a um, guess. There's a lot. There's a lot of local marathons, and it is the goal because of what is happening. It is the goal of me and my children. I'm a single mother, and my children are grown, and it is their goal. They're very healthy children. They work out. They exercise. Their goal is to eventually be able to run a five thousand or a five k marathon together. That's the goal. That's where I'm headed. That's what I'm working for. You know, I I just threw that out there as as a flippant comment, but I didn't realize that uh, that was one of your goals. That's fantastic. Yes, Yes, sir. That is the goal. That is the goal of me and my children because my children thought their mama was going to die. They firmly, they seen it. It was playing out before their eyes. I'm not the first person in my family with COPD, and I am not the... You know, and I would not be the first one that passed. We've already lost two of our immediate family members to COPD, and they both, you know, were not that old. Well, you're so, well on your road to well on the road to recovery right now, Janice. What would you like to say in conclusion to listeners who may have uh, lung issues and uh, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, uh, about taking cannabis oil? What would you like to tell them? I would, I would say that you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Um, give it a shot. It's not a death sentence. It's not what the doctors tell us it is. Absolutely. 
Well, it's good to hear and that you're on the, the road. Out there. Yeah, it's good to hear you're on the road to recovery, and uh, we'll give you a call probably in, a, in, in next spring and uh, see how you're doing. See how your training. For I would. The, your training for the five K is doing. Hey, um, I am on track now to um, actually. They're going to do another night, stu- uh, another all overnight study of my breathing, checking my oxygen, and I'm moving into pulmonary rehab. And for me, that's major because where I was at with the stage three and this and that, um, you know, it's not recommended. Well, good for but, you. Good for you. But my but my pulmonologist is on board with me to let me go for it if I can pass one overnight study, which I know without a doubt I can. Well, it takes some oil before you do it. I will. <laughs> I, will. I, I like her medicine. I like her magic medicine. That's what it's all about. Janice, it was wonderful to talk to you, and all the best in the future. Thank you very much. Thank you, too. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for all your work, Corey. I'll always be your biggest fan Aww. down here in Asheville. Thank I'm you. at you. Janice McKinn in Asheville, North Carolina. Now, in conclusion, if you're Christmas shopping in the next few weeks, don't forget about Corey and I at Cannabis Health Radio. A donation towards what we do to help us continue these podcasts would be greatly appreciated. Go to our website, find the donate icon, and make a contribution to help us keep bringing the health benefits of cannabis to people everywhere in the world. And for all your support... We are grateful, and thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name's Kate, and I'm your host of the Pop Moms Podcast. I started the Pop Moms Podcast, well, because I wanted to end the stigma against using cannabis, specifically with moms, but also anyone who chooses to consume. I strive for a balance of humor and education, along with some pretty rad guests, to help combat social biases that come with consuming cannabis. Kids are hard. Join me for regular podcast episodes packed with parenting hacks, real-life stories, and of course, my favorite cannabis products. The days are long, but the years are short. So roll another J and take a deep breath. Keep blazing and stay amazing.